Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Sam Martin the punt. Deep back the rookie Gibson. Under the ball looking into the last six. The catch against his chest 35. Takes the tackle for it. Hunt to the near side of the block with the 50. Down the near side of the 40. Room to run. 35 30. Got a block at fifth. 25 to 20. He goes inside the 15. Breaks the tackle. Well, there was a silver lining in the dark cloud from last night. Xavier Gibson, undrafted rookie, one of the guys featured in the last episode of Hard Knocks, which I watched and you didn't. I watched Shit. most of it. Okay. I did. I did. I, had, I didn't see like the first five or ten minutes of it, so I, do, I still miss that, but I did see it. The, the thing they did where they brought a couple of undrafted rookies in, I believe Gibson was one of them. Yes, right. Where they, they tried to make them think it was the <laughs> difficult conversation right. that your time here is over, right. and they told them that, that they they had made it, and, and then he calls uh, the family. Right? Yeah, and right. Gibson Gibson earns his keep right away. Third punt return touchdown in overtime ever. Patrick Peterson did it in 2011. Tameric Vanover did, I believe, for the Chiefs back in 1995. I think I remember watching that that game. And then the Patriots-Jets game last year. Oh, that wasn't overtime. That was end of the game. Right. No, it's only the third time we've had a punt return for a touchdown in overtime in NFL history. And uh, there goes Xavier Gibson. I do want to say one thing as we're talking about this punt Say one thing. Well, (laughs) I I think it's funny, and I shouldn't shouldn't, – push back against this mindset because it usually doesn't happen yeah usually it's day after stuff that originates with jerks like me yeah but to have john perry the former nfl referee immediately start saying that Chaz surratt tripped a guy at about the 27 yard line and he called it an asterisk which has been a loaded word lately right. on the victory and it should have been a flag and what it would have been they made tripping a personal foul this year it would have been 15 yards from the 27 back to the 42, first and 10, 60-yard field goal if you don't gain any yards. Right. So it's not like the game was over no, even no, if I they got throw you. that flag. But, but I don't know if we have the clip and they have a couple of angles of it. 
There's an element of intent that is implicit in tripping. I would agree. There's plenty of incidental contact that happens. Right. And consider these points. Sean McDermott didn't say boo about it in his post-game press conference. Exactly right. He wasn't asked about it. Yeah. Nobody asked for a pool report. Usually when there's a controversial call like that, Carl Sheffers, the referee last night, would have been available to answer questions about this and explain that there is an element of intent. And there's plenty of incidental contact. And when I saw that... That was not – because you know what when you see No, it. when it was live, there it was, was not trip. tripping. When, yeah. there, wasn't there a trip Thursday night? There was a trip when, when – uh, Yeah, somebody got run over. Somebody and they got put run their, over. They put their was, leg up. It was, the, leg it was, a, uh, it was the, 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 the back. Somebody – it was um, Montgomery, David Montgomery That's right. on the Lions. David Montgomery got blown Got run up over by the linebacker. And threw his leg out. Right. And, put it in the air to try to trip him going by. Right. It's obvious. Right. This is guy throws the block and is falling down, and other guy runs into his leg. You cannot infer, imply, whatever. That that is not now. I see it from that angle, but it's he's You're falling st- down. Yeah, it's it's too close. It's too close, and I think it's it's not the kind of thing where you go on ESPN right after the game and piss on the Jets parade by saying that should have been a flag. That's what's rare because I don't I don't remember a time where a former referee who's working one of these games goes on and says, oh, that's, that no, definitely that was, should have been a foul. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, listen, I, but you I, know what? From that angle there, I okay. It, it was it was inching toward know-it-when-you-see-it territory, but it still wasn't like Montgomery know, the other night where you see the leg thrown it's up. It's inching towards it as you watched it for your 75th right. time in the Zapruder the, the film right, now, right. and now you're going, well, maybe in the last like, – so, That's, that's not, not the way it's supposed to be. No. We, we see that when someone's trying to trip someone – that like th- that you see some sort of actual motion where the leg goes beyond its normal radius. That was I'm an throwing a block and I'm He's throwing my down. whole body. Yeah. And I hope he falls over some part of my body as I go. Did, did I tense up my leg a little bit to provide an impediment? Maybe. Maybe. But I, I didn't, didn't throw my leg exactly. around. Exactly. It wasn't a slide to bring like Tom Brady to like tick, kick tackle somebody like we saw right. last year when he threw the interception. It wasn't that. That's where the that was made for. Leg whipping. That was a, a play that, again, if we could show it, is very normal to the football game and to the act of football. It really is. And that's just throwing your body out there. And, yeah, this is the angle that maybe makes it look like that. Again, I'm not sold that left leg. That would be a natural movement of how he fell anyways, that that left leg would go there. And like you said, it's only on this angle that after watching the play 74 times that you really look at it to go that way. Okay, so I didn't, yes, this was not egregious to me. And to your point, it happened right in front of the Bills sideline. Nobody there went, oh man, that was egregious tripping or whatever. And I'm not sold with the guy having to, he, he was jumping already that he would have got him anyways. Yeah. Right. So I didn't like that either. I, I, I thought that they went a little too all in on that there. At worst, it was, okay, you happen to be naturally in the vicinity of my leg, and I'm going to make sure that my leg is as stiff as it can be right. and maybe takes you out. Exactly. But that's not the way it works. What they have to look for, the officials. You got official They're rule here? To, no. Oh, okay. No. I I'm just reading something. This is per source okay. with knowledge of the I like situation. It. Cool. Um, they have to judge the difference between intentional act and incidental contact in the moment. And if, if it's a foul, for it to be a foul, they have to be certain from what they see, yeah. that it was intentional and not incidental. And when you run toward that guy and he falls down, you better you better jump over his legs. 
even if you know, even if he's not swinging them around, his legs are still in your way. And so, I just I thought it was very out of character for a former official to go so hard. I was stunned by that. I've I can't recall the time where that happened because the game just ended and the Jets just went through a tremendous trauma. Yeah. Don't don't not in that moment. Don't start raining on the the parade that is the the postscript to one of the worst nights a Jets fan could ever had. I was just I was surprised that happened. I was too. I was too. Uh, you know, and and you know, hopefully we'll move on and talk about the rest of the And game. we are. But yeah. No, and no, no I'm not trying on. to be a jerk. Oh, I'm yeah, you going, are being a jerk. No, no, I wasn't. Hopefully I was just we'll move going, on. Hopefully no, I just we'll know we have more talk. Hopefully I just, this you know, asshole sitting next to me will shut up about I, I wasn't, it so we can I talk about the game. that Sally sensitive, okay, right over there. I just thought that, no, I just thought that, you know, all together, yeah, I just, we saw it. I did not think it was egregious or anything like that. And again, too, what are we going to do every time somebody throws yeah. their body and the defender yeah. maybe stops and then oh man now his legs hit me on the way by that's tripping no that that's not that wasn't that wasn't what that rule was put in there for and like you said and watching it live or the normal replay did you think it was truly like that no right I was yeah. just I was stunned by the whole yeah. thing I yeah. was stunned it became an issue that's more of social media tinfoil hat stuff exactly not right guy who's working on league partner broadcast right speaking that into existence immediately after the game ended. Okay, so we got to that point in overtime because the Jets were down and they tied it up. And that drive that Zach Wilson led to get the Jets down the field to tie the game up, he had that nifty little, they were bringing him down, and he flips the ball. Oh, nice play. He, he, gained, got, he got stepped on, I think, yeah. on his, by his own player and turned his ankle. And and uh, had had a few other nice plays on that drive, and then ultimately the great catch in the end zone by Garrett Wilson on the ground because Garrett Wilson kind of disappeared. I mean, Garrett Wilson was going to be the Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers, but he makes that great catch to tie the game at 13. And then well, let's, take a, let's take a look at this. Let's appreciate this Garrett Wilson from second and goal from the four. There it is falling down gets control of it and you know you got under five minutes left in the game the extra point ties it and we're like oh my God, what the hell <laughs> what the jets might win this game. surely the jets are not going to win this game and then there was a turnover not long after that right and the jets get it back and i thought they got way too conservative on that last drive like let Zach Wilson throw one roll him out I thought they were roll actually a little out. too conservative altogether yeah. they put him in too many predictable situations but, where you're like come on run first run second oh now he's got to throw it okay their their yeah. mo when they got the ball back was bleed the clock run the ball right you know and and shorten the game and take the field goal I I thought that was I I I wanted to see them go for a touchdown and uh, and try to and try to win the game. Now they did go for fourth and one on that same drive as they got, got the quarterback closer, sneak. Right. But then they kind of they went into that shell. Yep. And you can just feel when a play caller has gone into a shell. Nate Hackett went into a shell there, and it's like we're not going to do anything. We don't want Zach Wilson to blow the game for us. We're just going to run it, run it. Probably run it. smart though. In the yeah. big picture, I know it's hard on Zach Wilson, and he was put in some situations like that where it, yeah, it's it's like a, they maybe overmanaged it. But I I get it, and we can't you know. Get mad at the results, right? You know they were they were going. Well, hey, we're going to rely on our defense, and this guy over there keeps turning the ball over. Right, so but what let's did he do? do? Right. What did he do? He almost right. took it down the field and scored a touchdown. Yeah, I know. That's a, I know. You, I know. You get him in that moment. We've seen guys. Right. You don't want to put the ball in the hands of guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes when they have the opportunity to drive down and tear your heart out. Because yeah. once that drive got rolling, I'm thinking they may score a touchdown. This may not be a field goal try. This might be touchdown walk off winner by the Bills. But it ended up being a 50-yarder thereabouts from Tyler Bass 
that stoinked off the upright. Was that threw. unbelievable? When it hit, because you can see it, when the first, it's like, okay, that's good. And then it starts fading, and it hit, and it's like, did it fall down <laughs> or did it fall through? Oh. And obviously, it hits that upright and falls through. It's, oh, what it could have been for Scott Norwood back in Super Bowl 25. From oh, yards my gosh. It, that. That, that was a, first off, that was a bomb he hit right there. I mean, that would have been good from 70, it looked like. I mean, he hit the top of the flag of the pole there. From 50. Know, from 50. All the way up. Right. So that was, that was, it was incredible it fell that way. You know, great drive by Josh Allen and the Bills to, you know, give themselves a chance to kick that field goal there. You know, but, but ultimately – you know, we saw a Jets team, and this is something we've talked about a little bit. The Jets got more talent than the Bills. And in the Bills, hey, I like their team. There's a lot of good there. But as we saw, too, are there, are there enough difference makers as this season goes along? Again, it was week one. You know, the defense played well. I get that. You know, but, but couldn't make a big play to kind of close out the game when they had the lead or give them more of a lead and a cushion. Nothing like that could happen. Couldn't stop the run and, you know, in a game where you went, they're going to start running the ball here, all right, because they have Zach Wilson in and their quarterback just got hurt. They couldn't stop that, right? So that was an issue. And then, hey, at the end of the day, too, I'm still worried about the same thing we're always talking about. The best quarterback and running back on the team are the same guy. It's, it's just too much on one guy, and then I'm not giving him a free pass. He's got to be smarter, too, and realize the game, and he just got too loose and wild to the point where I think you're right. He got frustrated. He thought they should be winning by more, and you know he just took some chances that were not necessary, and, and that really ended up hurting their football team. Yeah, I think that he believed he was going to throw a pass that would count for 14 points. <laughs> right. Like, we should be killing this team without Aaron Rodgers. I'm embarrassed that we're not. And he was pressing, and he was pressing, and he was pressing. The good news, though, it's is... the first interception, like, which pointed, wasn't horrible. The third and eight, okay, it's like a punt. It wasn't the worst. But he could have... Can we that play element, that again? It has that element of just throw it up and see what happens. Well, we'll it, see it, that it, from it, it definitely does. Well, my, my issue with it, too, and if we could even... Re, uh, we'll, we'll just let it go here. Yeah, rewind it. Go ahead. I thought with this play here, too, he could have ran for the first down. That's where I was yeah. shocked he did it. He yeah. had one guy in his path. Well, instead of throwing a, a, a jump ball into double coverage, I was surprised by that. The good news, though, yeah. they have found a reliable second option to catch passes from Josh Allen. Jordan Whitehead. <laughs> You're funny. I know. Was that unreal? <laughs> I mean, three interceptions, unbelievable. But the, every one of them just kind of had I – mean, This is Stephon, a bad one. Stephon Diggs knew. I got no shot at this one. Right. But I, there's a point where you just have to throttle it back. And who does he have on that coaching staff that has the ability to go to him and say, in the moment, in the moment, Josh, you got to throttle it back. Josh, you can't be taking those chances. Josh, you just you got to know when it's there, and you got to know when it's not there. That's a big difference between him and Patrick Mahomes. You don't see Mahomes make throws like that. Mahomes knows the limits of his ability. Right, right. Josh Allen is always pushing things beyond the limits of what he can do, and that's what creates these moments. Yeah, I, I would say that that's true. I mean, he just at times will get a he, – he was really, you know, after year two was great for a long, long time and didn't turn the ball over. And was the best at protecting the ball in the red zone out of any quarterback in football for like a three-year period. 21 to, for 2019, 20, and 21. He was amazing. He went through a, a – he didn't. I don't think he threw an interception down there. Never turned the ball over. But then he hurt his elbow last year and 
things got a little crazy, and, and I don't know what has happened yeah, there, but he has lost that, that feel of reckless and aggressive, and it's gotten a little too much on the reckless department there, and yeah, it's hurt their football team in a few moments, and it certainly hurt them last night. That's where I was, you know I love Josh Allen, he's my boy Blue. I was disappointed in the fact that he took some of those chances and didn't have a better feel for the game overall. By the way, Jordan Whitehead, made $250,000 last night because he has a contract incentive that pays him that amount if he gets three interceptions this year. He hit that incentive that, that's, the first night of the that's, season. That's he never had three in a season. He had three in a game. It's unbelievable. It reminds me of the guy whose name I'm not going to remember who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the linebacker from the Raiders, Back when oh. they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, he had three interceptions. Yeah, I know. I'm going to blank on his damn yeah. name, too. He was Super Bowl MVP, uh, of course, and uh, I know. Look it up. It'll, it'll look come it up. to me. Control yes. room will look it up. Super but Bowl it, MVP of 15. Yes, right. 15. Right, which was, yeah. It, Number 60, I think? No, it's not 60. 59? No. no. Rod Martin. Rod Martin. Rod there Martin, you go. 53. 53. 53. Close yes. enough. Right so, so the other thing, too. Rod Martin. And and if we could play those interceptions one more time, guys, I would I would love that. You know, like we talked about, the first interception, okay, you can deal with it. But you, like we we talked about, I think he could probably run. He's such a gifted runner here. Yeah, he's got it. He's got green grass. He's gonna have one guy that's probably well, gonna meet him right grass. around there. Green nut grass. Green artificial turf, right? <laughs> so that one, okay, you can live with it. And like it became a de facto punt. But now here's going to be the second one. It's second and 12. You're borderline field goal territory. You're playing the Jets, and it's a defensive low-scoring game. That is inexcusable right there. It's inexcusable. Josh Allen's played too much football. He's too smart to do that. He, he right? wanted 20-6. to six. I guess so. He, I want here's third and six. two. Why are we trying to fit this in? Let's go back. Can we, can we rewind that play just right there, guys, if you don't mind? You know, why are we fitting this in against Sauce Gardner and Whitehead over here? Why aren't we throwing the little slot out? Look, Kincaid's open underneath, and Stephon Diggs, Diggs running the shallow crosses too, right? Just live with that. Let's not try to do that, let alone throw a bad ball where it was behind a little bit. So that's where it's the, one of the greatest talents in our sport. Josh Allen's awesome. But this is where I think, like, to steal a phrase from what Jason Garrett said about Dak Prescott on Sunday night, the burden's a little too much at times. Yeah. And he just can't fall in the trap of, I'm going to do it all myself. And, you know, that, that's where the Jets were clutch and, and he wasn't at his best. But back to the first interception, when you've got the ability to run for that first down, why do you trade that in for something that doesn't even have a chance? Yeah, I know. I mean, if I got a guy running around wide-ass open and I know I could run for it, but I'm going to throw it to the guy who's open and hit him, fine. But throwing it into a guy who's double-covered and overthrowing, like, why, did I, why not just run I don't, I don't run know the ball. Right. It, it, it just makes no sense. Here's Josh Allen after the game trying to make sense of his four turnovers, three interceptions, one fumble lost last night. Josh, the four turnovers, um, was that something he did or is that just you maybe forcing the ball, trying to force the ball in a little bit? Yeah, trying to force the ball. Um, <sighs> yeah, same sh Same place, different day. Is it, I mean, what do you got to do to get, get it on track? Yeah, I mean, mindset-wise, just trusting what I see and sticking with it and not trying to force anything. And um, It's a good defense we played, but, you know, we can't play two guys. Can't play them and us, and I played us tonight, and, yeah. 
That's not what you want to hear from your quarterback after the first game. He's disgusted. Because you've spent the yeah. whole offseason trying to iron out these rough spots. You get to the first game that counts, and you revert to the bad habits that you're trying to get past. That's not good. No. And for him to be that dejected and to be, and to be that candid, I appreciate the candor, but it's troubling because what's going to happen between now and Sunday? Like, the train's rolling down the track one game after another. You had seven months, Bills, to fix this, and you didn't. Right out of the gates, you had what should have been an easy win with the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, deflated, exasperated, defeated, and you let them hang around because Josh Allen was trying to dial up the 14-point play in the playbook. That's... I feel like that's what he was doing all night long. We should be kicking the shit out of this team. We're not. And I'm going to try to, in one moment, turn that into, yeah. okay, flip, flip now we're going to, now we, now we, we uh, yeah. that, that's the, the scoreboard looks the way it should. Yeah. You got to forget about that. I, uh, and that's where coaching comes in. He's got to have people in his ear that agreed. are telling him, Josh, Josh, stop it. Josh, what are you doing? You got to calm down. That's and where, you know what? You know what? Maybe it is. Remember the Ken Dorsey stuff last year? Well, we saw year Brian Dayball. These weren't going on. Then, well, right? well, well Ken know? Dorsey blew a gasket. And he's th- he throwing. Yeah. Like maybe Dorsey is so incapable of getting himself under control that he can't even begin to get Josh Allen under control. Oh. I mean, these are real questions. Yeah. That offense has gone downhill since Dayball left. That's the problem. And I'm sorry, all defensive coaches out there. When you've got a great quarterback. You need an offensive head coach because when things start going well, you don't have to worry about the coach leaving. When the head coach is a defensive guy and the offensive coordinator is strapped to that young quarterback and starts doing well, he ends up being head coach of the Giants and you got to find somebody else and you hope you pick the right guy. And it could be that between Dorsey and Allen, you can't have two hot-tempered guys. You can't have two guys who are holding on too tight. Yeah. you got to have somebody who pulls – someone else in their relationship back to reality yeah. and calms them down. The, those are the human factors of football that, you know, the, the analytics experts like to disregard and do so at your peril because there are still human beings making human decisions in human moments. And if you've got Dorsey, high-strung, and very, you know, irritable, and you've got a quarterback who maybe is hearing that and it's affecting him, you, you, need, you need someone who's – they need a calming influence on Josh Allen. That's the key. And the season's begun. It's too late to do anything about it. But this gets back to what I say all the time, and I know the people in Buffalo, the people who are in the positions of authority, GM and head coach, don't like it when I say it. Better get your shit together, or Terry Pagula's going to hire somebody else to, to get the most out of Josh Allen. After last night, if, it didn't, if that mindset wasn't there before last night, it's definitely got to be there after last night because we're mismanaging this incredible talent. We're not coaching him and supporting him the way we need to. Yeah, they got to rein him in. That's for sure. A hundred percent. And that's where I, I do look at it, where Brian Dable had him reined in for sure. And yeah, last year, okay, it's fair for us to assess and go, wait, it was a new offensive coordinator and okay. And things got a little wild and you know, maybe they're giving them a little too, what do they say, carte blanche, right? Just like laissez-faire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just letting them do whatever he wants. And see, this, is, this does happen, right? We saw Mahomes in 2022 early on when they were 3-3, three and three, and it, like he went through a phase of this. We've seen Brett Favre before go through this, right, where great talents, they think they can do anything and they can make any play happen. And 
they be, start to become a little too reckless, right? And, yeah, Josh Allen's become too reckless. And, of course, he's the best player on their team, so they, they, they want to let him have that freedom, but they got to find that balance of what you're talking about. And he knows. That's why I do respect him there. He's disgusted at himself. But, but he needs but, – but that's so, a cry for help. He needs somebody on the coaching staff who can make him aware of what's happening in the moment so it's not something you're breaking down after the game ends. You need to be aware of it at the time. Think of the quarterback series. How many times did you hear Kevin O'Connell say to Kirk Cousins, calm down, calm down, calm down? Maybe it's as simple as someone saying to Josh Allen, calm down, Josh, Josh, it'll be fine. Josh, we do what we're supposed to do. We run the plays that are called. We'll win this game. There is no 14-point play in the playbook. No, we you got to have somebody that gives time. you a big picture yeah, of the game down. on the sideline. Calm down. I always, I always, you know, like appreciated the coach that was like that. Right? I can, I can speak to yeah, John Gruden wasn't. Well, no, John Gruden was not. It was always like, <laughs> what the heck did you do? Why did we score right there? And you were like, damn, okay, I don't know. They were good defense. We changed field position and nobody was open, so I thought that was, you know. And then the next day he'd tell you that he did good. That was the right play. But you always like. Nathaniel Hackett's father, Paul Hackett, he was great at that. He was my my favorite, one of my favorite coaches I ever had. He would be, hey, this is what kind of game we're in, right? This is what kind of game we're in. He would almost at times, hey, you might have to start pushing the envelope here. We got, we need to make some plays on offense. You might have to, you know, force the issue. Okay, hey, defensive game here. Be smart. Take care of the football, right? Field goals might win us the game today, right? And that's where I feel like nobody's in. He's he's extremely smart, right? And maybe they're just giving him a little too much, like I said, leash, whatever you want to say there. Uh, but he's got to be disgusted. And and I appreciate him taking that one on the chin there. I do. Because he, he knows that was himself. He literally said, I played against us tonight. I was the problem there. And he knows that. And he knows that if he played differently, they probably would have came out with a victory. And, and wherever that Stephon Diggs fuse was before last night's game, it's a little bit closer to the bomb than it was. And it, it, we didn't well, see an eruption no, last night. He did a good job at the end kind of coming to yeah. him and going, let's get together yeah. here this last drive, yeah. right? But, but this is all on Ken Dorsey. He's the guy ultimately in charge of the offense. And it's on Sean McDermott, who's ultimately in charge of the team. He's got to recognize the need for someone to calm down Josh Allen, and he's got to implement something. Yeah. they got to do something. Remember last year, after the Broncos were, not that it helped, but once it was falling apart early, they bring in Jerry Rossberg. Like, bring in someone to be like the quarterback sensei, the guy who calms him down. Now, that's a slap at Ken Dorsey, but nobody's calming him down. Yeah. Last night, they failed as an organization to calm this guy down and get the most out of him. Let, All right. Let, one more thing. Right. we got to hit this because we didn't give the Jets their due here. We're going to take a break and do that on okay, the Okay, let's do it. We're going to take a break, and we'll talk more about last night's game between the Jets and the Bills when PFC Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Jets beat the Bills last night in overtime, 22-16 on the punt return by Xavier Gibson. Jordan Whitehead with the three picks. Still amazing that he earned a $250,000 incentive (laughs) based on full season performance in one night. The Jets, though, I have to give them a ton of credit for holding it together, not giving up. We talked about this earlier. No, woe is us. No, we'll get him next year. No, the season is over. One night after the Giants lost 40 to nothing on that same field and didn't have to endure the trauma the Jets did, the Jets kept it close, held it together, waited for their opportunity, and they took it. We, we can talk about this so many times every week. It happened with Vikings-Buccaneers. Better team, lets the other team hang around, and the other team eventually yeah, says. finds their way. And you know, you, know, you know why I'm sensitive to that yeah, concept? Right. That's exactly what Dan Reeves said to the Falcons at halftime of the 1998 NFC Championship game in Minnesota. They let us hang around, and now we're going to take it. Yeah. But that's, that's what happens. Sure. You get to a point where some point in the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter, you think, you know, we should be, like, we should be losing this game by you know, 14 points, and it's close. Let's go take it. Right. And that's what the Jets did. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like there was that shock. The Bills went down and went up, what, 13-3. to three, And you went, oh, man, can they rebound? And like you said, credit to Robert Sala, the whole coaching staff, the team. They did rebound. And then when they got, you know, some success there and made it, what, 13-6 and brought it to one score game, I felt like that was the moment the Jets were like, wait. We can do this. That, we're only a score away. Our defense is awesome. And, damn, Zach Wilson and offense, if you guys could put together one more ugly drive or whatever, we'll figure out a way to get this done. The Jets, as we saw, the Jets are talented. Now, the one thing we, you know, we hit on Josh Allen and the mistakes there, but, but like he said, that Jet defense is going to be a top five Might defense in football. Might be the best football. defense they see right. all year. It's, it's, it's going to be right up there with the 49ers and the Cowboys. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. I mean, Quinton, Quinton Williams is one of the, the best defensive tackles in football. We know that. Jermaine Johnson, you saw him coming off the edge like crazy last night with Jonathan Franklin Myers. The Quincy Williams, Quinton's brother, is an awesome linebacker along with C.J. Mosley. You saw the secondary, how damn good they are. They're phenomenal. They're deep. They got everything. And then, okay, the offense is not perfect, but we saw potential where you go, they got some dudes. They got Garrett Wilson. He made a star play at the end of the game to make it happen. Oh, it wasn't perfect. He was covered perfectly. Got it done. Brees Hall, he's a dude. You saw that. He was unbelievable in the football game. So they got some guys that can go above and beyond what the play and the playbook asks, and that's where the Jets are dangerous, and that's where I still give them a fighting chance here to be a pain in the butt in the AFC and, and you know, 
be annoying and be in the conversation as we go along here. The bottom line is that should have been a loss for them, and they emerged with a win. And, you know, when we were going through the schedule, those first six games before their bye, two and four, maybe three and three, this Bills game was one that I remember looking at originally saying it's a loss, but then as it got closer, we're thinking it's a win. But then once Rodgers gets injured, it's like, well, there goes that one, and they find a way. Yeah, That's the key, and that's the mindset that Robert Sala needs to instill in this team. We can find a way. Everything changes. We're going to react. We're going to adjust. We're going to adapt, and we're going to go. Brees Hall had that 83-yard run. He didn't make it to the end zone, but and it was only a field goal drive at the end of the day. But he's back. They get Dalvin Cook going. You know, when you see Brees Hall do this, you wonder, like, did they really need to spend the money on Dalvin Cook? No offense to Dalvin Cook, but... You know, Brees Hall looking like the guy. He's the he guy. Becoming last year yeah. before he tore his ACL week seven. Right. And that's when that team changed last year. Right. So between him and Cook, you know, they should be able to construct an offense that that scores enough points to help that D out. to help a right. defense yeah. that is going to be able to throttle teams, not hold them to three. Yeah. But if you can hold teams to sixteen, especially a team like the Bills, if you can hold great office, offenses to sixteen. You need 17 to win. Yeah, that's right. And this offense, with Zach Wilson, with Brees Hall, with Garrett Wilson, with Dalvin Cook, with C.J. Uzama, right, with Alan Lazard, yeah. who had a nice play. Big-time play. Nice play and run Maybe last play, night. Yeah. The plays of the day. Yeah. Right. That's enough to get you to 17. Yeah. We'll hold them to 16. Right. Offense, can you get to 17? And I think they can. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think you said it right. There, there's a lot to like there. And now they'll, they'll formulate around Zach Wilson a little bit. But Brees Hall's the guy, as you saw right last night. And, you know, I don't think they expected him to be back this quickly. I mean, what, he, he just started practicing, what was it, three weeks ago? Yeah. You know, so the, the, that's where, you know, the, I'm sure that's why the part of the Dalvin Cook process. But you saw he started the football game, first down, first run of the, the game, right? And you could see there just his size – and then his speed, like Brees Hall before his ACL, no way he gets caught. That would have been a touchdown. But he's still working his way back to getting totally 100% speed there. That's still a long way to run. That is a long way to run. And you got a ball in your hand. You're and the defensive back's out. about 30 yards. You know, he, he doesn't run quite well, as far as you did. No, exactly right. And the ball, you know, people always forget. They're like, oh, I can't believe Brees Hall got caught. And I want to go, he's holding a ball the other guy's not, you know. There's a reason they don't hold something in the 100-meter dash you know, at the Olympics. <laughs> it makes it harder to run as fast. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that. And then, hey, the, the only thing, and I go, you know, we got to see Zach Wilson. Can he take care of the football? His interception, of course, was very dumb last night. But, yes, does he continue to develop? And then the offensive line off of that. You know, we kind of talked. It was Jekyll and Hyde where we talked. They couldn't pass protect very well. But, damn, could they move some people off the ball in the run game? And they could be dangerous there. You know, second-round pick at center. Elijah Vera Tucker is an awesome guard. He's a Pro Bowl-type guard. Makai Becton is a Pro Bowl-type talent at tackle. And if he can stay healthy. You know, left tackle was seemed to be more of an issue more than anything last night. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's certainly hope or ways I envision to go, this ain't over for the Jets. Uh, you know, I know Super Bowl might, you know, not be in the conversation here, but like you've said, there's a lot of good in that D, and there's some things that are, that are very bright on that offense too. Here's Robert Sala talking about Zach Wilson. I mean, it's been so gloomy for the Jets. Yeah. Let's hear Sala talking about the guy who is going to take over post-Aaron Rodgers. Have a listen. I thought he was awesome. Uh, 
Uh, he had a couple of big third down uh, throws, clutch throws to, to extend drives and uh, score points. Thought his um, command of the huddle, <clears throat> line of scrimmage. Thought he was gritty. He was all, uh, created off schedule, uh, scrambled for a big one. Um, came in the light. You know, he threw the interception, still bounced back. It didn't snowball into anything big. Um, you know, we're, we still have a lot of faith in him. Um, you know, we, I think we've proven that by keeping him here and, and continuing to invest in him and uh, excited for him and, and his opportunity. And, and off we go. And, you know, this is a guy who got thrown into the fray a little prematurely. Joe Douglas told me back in May after the draft that if they had to do it all over again, they would have had a veteran that first year. It was too much of a youth movement. It was right. too much on Zach Wilson. But now this is year three. He's had a chance to reset. We thought he was going to sit for a year or two. He thought he was going to sit for a year or two, and now he's back at it. And, hey, yeah, he gets his chance. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence worked out. Trey Lance didn't. Zach Wilson, the guy taken between the two, maybe this is his time. Yeah, we'll see. You know, It's, it's crazy it's all worked out this way. You know, he made some big throws and, and some got-to-have-it moments that were big. Uh, he did move and get out of trouble a little bit. And then I thought Nathaniel Hackett called some great plays, screens at the appropriate time, you know, realizing they weren't getting a ton of time, protecting Zach Wilson, all that. They did just right, and they'll continue to grow as an offense here. But I think the good thing is Zach Wilson's in a good mindset in a different place than where he was last year or even the year before. And he said that to me. I know he said that publicly as well. You know, I think like you just referenced, he was swimming in it last year. To the point where he told me at the Hall of Fame game, he's like, it's like I forgot how to throw the football. That's what he said to me. He goes, because he was thinking about so much and the offense and what do I do and what do I read that I think mechanics and some of his natural God-given feel from the thing he does great, that started to get affected by the throwing. So he seems to be better in that department as well. The whole vibe is different right. now, though. right. He's not the guy who was the, the guy. The savior. You're yeah. right. right. And, and so there's less pressure on him. And now it's like, oh, we'll see what happens with yeah. Zach Wilson. And it's anything he does that's positive gets viewed as a plus. Yeah. With lower expectations, he could turn that. This could be the moment. We'll see. I'm rooting for the kid. Yeah. I hope it works out for yeah. him. No doubt Okay, so how does the Aaron Rodgers injury affect the AFC? We're going to look at how the odds have shifted overnight now that Rodgers is out, presumably for the year. Zach Wilson is in. Where are the Jets? Where are the rest of the teams? We'll look at that next here on PFT Live. Well, those are the odds for the Jets, both before and after the Aaron Rodgers injury. To win the AFC East went from plus 290, which means you bet a dollar, you win $2.90 if they ultimately win it, to plus 600, 6 to 1 odds to win the AFC, plus 1,100, plus 3,000, to win the Super Bowl, plus 1,800, all the way up to plus 6,000 with that one injury. And none of that is surprising. I'm surprised it was as high as it was to win 18 to 1 to win the Super Bowl before the injury. It doesn't surprise me that it's 60 to 1 now. No, it, it, it's not surprising there. Um, I mean, obviously, the, 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 their odds take a big blow. I'm, 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 I think, more shocked with anything about AFC East odds or anything that, that the clear favorites, you know, before last night were the Buffalo Bills. That, to me, was still, like, mind-blowing. Not after last night. Well, I know. It shouldn't be now, but that's where I was shocked. I was always like, wait, wait. The Dolphins have a borderline all-star team. 
the Bills have a real good team with one all-star. Or two. Okay, it's Josh Allen and Diggs. I mean, again, as we saw last night, if it's not one of them making a play, we don't see it. It's my issue with the Bills. They got a lot of the good, the meat and potatoes. We don't have enough sizzle. The Dolphins, the Jets, we saw they got sizzle. They did that. And, yeah, you know, of course the Jets take a huge blow in this department. Um, but, like we said, they're going to be a pain in the butt. And the Dolphins are phenomenal. I have no desire to bet. I have no interest in it. My dad was a bookie, and he told me at a young age, you can't win. It's not worth it. We were talking about during the break. All the mental energy of scrambling around. Like, if that's your hobby, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you can't control what's going to happen. But if you pay close enough attention to the sport, you understand the odds that are skewed by misperceptions. Exactly. And the idea that the Bills are just going to show up again and win that division was and is a misperception. We see the correction after one week. Because what happens? The Bills... Lose to a Jets team they should have killed. The Dolphins look as great as we thought they were going to look, and now the perception changes. But those are the things that really have, I think, a much greater impact. The line, they, they, they try to set the line so you get equal betting on sure. each side for the most part. But those perceptions drive the bets, and the bets drive the odds. And people were betting the Bills, so the odds yeah. the Bills were low. And right. now people are going to start jumping on the Dolphins right. because they realize, hey, so what? That the Bills have been great the past few years. The league changes. (laughs) God bless you. Sorry. Thank you. You got it right that time. I was telling him during the break, all the confusion yesterday, I didn't take my allergy medication. If I miss it for one day, that's it. Apparently. One day. I have no grace period. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Apparently. No, you're good. Don't worry. Um, But, 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 yeah, you're right. It is. It's public perception drives the odds a lot of the times. It does. And I think it's the Josh Allen factor with Buffalo and the fact that they've been towards the top the last few years. But I don't think anybody evaluated the rest of the football team like we've said and gone, holy crap, the Dolphins are awesome. Holy crap, the Jets are awesome. Like we said a million times, and you heard me say, and I've said it on my podcast, if we went position by position with Tail of the, tape. the check, Bills, check, check, Jets, check. and Dolphins, we would take way more Bills and, and Do- I mean Jets and Dolphins over Bills. We would. I'm sorry, everybody out there. Check, check, right, check, exactly. Check. We can go through position groups. So, you know, that's Coaching where too. it's a little, little swayed that way. Sorry, and, Bills. Coaching, And the perception, too. I told you during the break, I had some friends texting me who, yeah, are borderline degenerates where they couldn't get over the line after Rodgers got hurt. I think the Bills were favored by two and a half going into the game. And then, the, then Rodgers got hurt, and the line after that was only five. And my friends were like, how can it only be five? They're going to win by more than five. Like, back to your Josh Allen mindset. How can we only be up by yeah. this right now, right? Everybody was thinking that. And I don't know if they ended up pulling the trigger on the bet or not, but as they see, it, it, one guy can't beat a team. And we saw a team that's got a lot of good players and – we saw another team that, again, I know has a lot of good players, but not enough difference makers, and I think that's going to be an issue for them the whole year. The big news in the NFL before the game started last oh, night right. was the return of Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Hold Jones. Out over. We're going to tell you what we know, and we're going to dabble into what we don't know because I think there's some, there's some intrigue lurking in what we don't know. We'll do that next year on PFT. I'm intrigued. <laughs>
And there's the announcement from the Kansas City Chiefs. We have agreed to a new one-year contract whoop, whoop. with Chris Jones. Honor your contract. He's under contract. He's under contract. Honor your contract. Shut up, fans who just want the guy to be there. I understand you just want the guy to be there, but they ripped up the $19.5 million he was due to make. He'll presumably get more. We don't know what. It is kind of fishy. I will say that's the There's first thing I thought. There's a 24-hour rule right. that applies. Right. As an agent told me years ago, if the numbers aren't out within 24 hours after the news of the deal is out, that, it's means, not a great it, deal. that means it's not a great deal. <laughs> yeah. There are two right. factors for this Chris Jones deal. One, how much are they paying him? Because he's got to make up over $2 million in fines that are non-waivable. So that money's got to be paid to him to cover what he has to give the Chiefs, $2 million and change. And he lost $1.08 million by missing the week one game against the Lions right. under his $19.5 million salary. It's 18 weekly installments. He's lost one of those. That doesn't come back. That gets thrown in as well. So is he going to get you know, $22, 23000000 million? I don't know. And then the other question becomes the franchise tag for next year. Do they agree to not use it on him in 2024, or can they do that to keep him around? The, the tag amount should be high, north of $30 million, which should be a deterrent anyway, but if you throw that in there, that extra little thing, it just shows you maybe they blinked, maybe they caved after losing on Thursday night, going back, looking at the film, yeah. looking at what happened, and thinking, boy, if we just had this guy, it would have been different. Well, I, I, you know, I, I heard a lot of people on the weekend go, well, they don't need him. They'd stop the run pretty good, okay? And I want to go, yeah, I get that. But, and I know Detroit's O-line is very good, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen the, old, the whole year. Now, now, Kansas City had an advantage in the Detroit game because Detroit doesn't have any game breakers or speed guys down the field. So they were confident that they could play man-to-man and not be burned too bad and load the box. You know, This week, they can't be confident against that in the Jacksonville Jaguars or other teams they play going forward. So it's not foolproof. Everybody that was out there going, oh, well, they stopped the run, so they're not desperately needing them. No, they're going to pose, They're going to play a team this week that they can't just play man-to-man on Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, or they're going to let up 700 yards passing. They're going to. So that's why. It's the big picture of things. They need Chris Jones, and they know that. And he's one of the, he's one of the best, if not the best, he tackle in football. I think it's cool, you know, the – Let's just get some more money to the guy has become a thing with Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley or Chris Jones. And, right. this, and no. Zach Martin. And I mean, Zach Martin, Zach Martin he had two years left on his deal. Right. They ripped it up and replaced it and gave him more money. Right. So I, it's cool that this has become a little bit of an avenue to bridge the gap or whatever else. I would think – I want to think Chris Jones is going to get somewhere in the ballpark or they, a sweetener to where he's – by Quinnen Williams or a little past the right. Jeffrey Simmons, those new guys at defensive tackle that we saw got big contracts. I would think it's somewhere in that de- that department. And then, of course, he gets to be a free agent. Well, if he year, can if be a free agent. Be a, That's right, the key. Right. And really, that was the question that was starting to emerge last week. And it was something I hadn't yet focused on because the cluster of games on Sunday got in the way. Do the Chiefs really want him long term? I don't think that's they, really the question. I'm not, I'm not sold. Right. This one year contract, right. depending upon how it yeah. works on the back end with the franchise tag or, and you know what, based on, I, I got to be careful and you got to, I, I have to respect confidences until I get the green light. I have a feeling they're going to be able to use the franchise tag. The question is how big will the franchise tag be? Yeah. Right. And it may be so big that they, they just say, we can't, we can't, even we do, can't do it. Right. But if they really want him, you don't do a one year bandaid, you do a long term deal. But, 
you know, they, they, they may be betting on the fact that this guy's pushing 30 and we don't want to pay him for past performance. Well, yeah. Some teams out there will pay a guy for past performance. The Rams are notorious for that. You pay a guy. It's not what have you done for me lately. Right. It's what are you doing for me right now, right. and what can I expect you to do for me tomorrow and the day after that. That's how you pay a guy in the NFL. No, no, no question. Uh, philosophically, they don't want to pay him. I, I think, you know, a, a lot of people know in, in the league that the Chiefs don't, and this is why they got rid of Tyreek Hill, don't want to give third contracts to guys who are in their 30s or about to be 30. You know, this one was a little different because it's a guy that's playing really awesome football right around 30, and it's a really big part of their football team. And, of course, he's been, you know, a linchpin for what they've done there as an organization here in this little mini, you know, dynasty or whatever you want to call it to this point. And that's where I think it's a little tough here. But I think philosophically, like, yeah, they don't they don't want to do this. They don't want to be tied to a where we're paying a D tackle $28 million a year and he's 32 yep. and he's not that player anymore, like you said, and we've made that number – because of what he was when he was 27, and that's where they are trying to find the balance there, and they're in a tough spot, and just good for both sides getting it done. I'm just glad we're going to see the Chiefs, you know, at a full strength, or, you know, at least close to it if Travis Kelsey's back and, and you know, be able to defend their title. And Andy Reid said yesterday that, that uh, Kelsey's getting better, the knee's getting better, so we'll, we'll see where, where that goes. Let's take a break. More on the fallout from the Aaron Rodgers injury, including what it means to his former team, the Green Bay Packers. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. There are some of the back pages from today, New York Post, probably front and back. The Aaron Rodgers injury and the Jets still winning the game. Uh, the big news. So one of the one of the the most important points of collateral damage from the Aaron Rodgers injury is the Green Bay Packers. The conditional second round pick for next year becomes a first rounder if he takes 65% of the snaps in 2023. See you later. I'm going to take 65% of the snaps. So there goes the first round pick. All that fighting, all that haggling, all that, that back and forth about what they're going to do at the end of the day, it's going to be a second round pick. And look from the, from the jets perspective, if all they ever get out of Aaron Rodgers is those four snaps, it just that's just part of the risk of football. It can happen. You have to have it on your radar screen. You can't obsess over it. It can happen. What Robert Sala was saying during the preseason when they played Aaron Rodgers in the week three game against the Giants, you can get hurt anywhere. And, yeah, but you're at a greater risk on a football field. Yeah. But when guys out there playing football, anything can happen, yeah. and something did happen, and it really is amazing. And then on top <sighs> of that – we're never going to see Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers play. Yeah, I, it's never going to happen. It's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, just, you know, again, the the, the 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 games, you talked about it a little earlier. The Jets' schedule was setting up for, you know, of course we wanted to see Mahomes and Rodgers, but there's a whole other bunch of games that were going to be awesome too because the Jets are damn good. And he was going to be the guy that got them over the hump. And so we're cheating. I mean, next week, Cowboys – Jets was going to be amazing. Exactly. Right. This is going to be, and then, you know, Rodgers, and he's had the the better of the Cowboys so many of the times throughout his career. I mean, there were so many great storylines just on their schedule. I'm I'm just still hurt, shocked, whatever. I really am. I can't imagine. I try to put myself in his shoes, and I'm just like, what is he thinking right now? What's going through his head? He must be heartbroken, Aaron Rodgers, I'm talking about. 
Uh, just a, it's a, it is. It's a gloomy day. Even though they won the football game, it, it's a gloomy day here on a Tuesday, you know, after week one. We had the Jets for a pair of, of Sunday uh, night games. Yes. And the first one can't be flexed. The second one could be week 10. There's the Black Friday game against the Dolphins, the standalone game on a Friday afternoon, which loses some sizzle. Late season Thursday night game against the Browns. That loses some sizzle. I mean, Monday night game. You know, it's Sean Payton, get your coach's name out of my mouth. That no longer has the same sizzle. I mean, it will be still personal, but. I remember being surprised when the schedule came out that there weren't more big spot games. They had more 1 o'clock Eastern games than I thought. So the NFL gets a little benefit from that, but that's the bottom line. And that's the value of quarterbacks. They wait and they wait and they wait until the dust settles on the quarterback movement in the offseason before they schedule the games. And they did all of this based on Aaron Rodgers and now no Aaron Rodgers. And we just have to see. Maybe these games still end up being great. Maybe the Jets will be good. They found a way to win that game. This Cowboys game is going to go a long way toward letting us know whether or not the Jets will rebound. But the bottom line is Packers aren't getting a first-round pick. The Jets aren't going to have Aaron Rodgers. We aren't going to see Mahomes and Rodgers play. And some of these standalone games aren't going to be the same. None of the games for the Jets are going to be what we thought they were going to be. No. After all that, I mean, hard knocks, too. That makes it oh, worse. They did hard knocks. Really. It added to the buildup and the expectation. It did. It did. It's just, yeah, the the – the the fanfare, the excitement around New York City is is as much as I'd ever seen it around the New York Jets. It really was, and uh, it's a shame. I you know the Jets fans who already felt cursed. I'm sure they're feeling extra cursed. Uh, just it's 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 just amazing it went down like that. Like I said, I, I remember th- for a week one regular season game, I was about as excited to sit on the couch and watch that last night. I just could not get over like man, we're gonna see this finally. Here we go. And just to get it all just snatched out from underneath you right away, uh, yeah, that was killer. And that was the whole thing I was going through yesterday, sitting on that hot plane. I want to get home. I want to. I want to cap this week. Right. I want to hang out with my son down in the barn and watch this game. It's going to be a great game. We both picked the Jets to win. Yeah. I had like a ridiculously high scoring thirty-three to thirty, just because I wanted it to be that. Right. It wouldn't have been that if right. Rodgers had played. We now see. But at the end of the day, we got a pretty good game. Yeah. We got an exciting game. We did. And the Jets have some things they can – once they process their grief and their disappointment and their despair, they got some stuff that they can work on. They got a damn good defense. They got pieces on offense. And the question is, what are they going to get out of yeah, Zach Wilson? Yeah, that's, that's going to be the big question. Can, can Zach Wilson's play take advantage of all the pieces they have on offense? And can the yellow line – as we saw last night, if they need work in that department. Can they protect Zach Wilson and give the passing offense the chances it needs to hit Lazard and Garrett Wilson down the football field? I hope so. And you know what? To the extent that they want Zach Wilson to not try to be Patrick Mahomes yeah. and take care of the meat and potatoes, they could just show him the film last night of Josh Allen and say, this is what happens when you try to be yeah, a hero too all crazy. the time. Right. You can't be right. here all the time. Right. Just run the plays. Right. Run the plays. Make the decisions, make yep. the reads, deliver the football, and then go on to the next play. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Patrick Mahomes chiming in last night, and ultimately, thank you, Elon Musk, for the edit function. Hate that man praying for the best. Oh, wait, hate that comma man praying for the best. Does not hate that man, hates what happened. Knew I was going to need that edit button on here. One of these days, well done by Patrick Mahomes. He's, he is he's good. Funny. He's funny. He really he's great. Is. And he, he 
I would say, is legitimately upset. He no. wanted that opportunity no. to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Right. He doesn't want the easy win, even if it will be, and maybe it won't be. He wants to go against Aaron Rodgers. Well, and, and as he told me in my interview last week, before week one, and Aaron Rodgers is, once he got, you know, high school, grown up, that was his favorite quarterback. When he watched film of guys, oh, I want to play like this, what do you do scrambling different arm angles? It was Aaron Rodgers he wanted. Josh Allen, as we've talked about it. His favorite quarterback growing up was Aaron Rodgers. They're all going to be heartbroken. Even though they're competing against them, you know how it is. You want to, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And that's what all these guys want to do. So. And, and they want to get a chance to play him exactly. as the sun be on is the setting field. Exactly, exactly right. Well, today we'll be watching for the results of the MRI. We expect it to be out for the year with the 20 Achilles. Anything else will be a major surprise. And then... Who do the Jets go sign? You got to right. you got to guess. You got to lean. You got to hedge on who they sign. I, <sighs> or trade for trade for somebody was saying trade for Jameis Winston. I mean, they have a glut in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna. Well, Hayner got suspended, right? Yeah, he's so got they got to keep games. him there. Yeah. I think I, I'm I'm gonna say it's somebody like Trevor Simeon. That's what I'm gonna go with. Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Well, that's hey, it. They him or Colt McCoy. They need somebody. Right. But it is Zach Wilson. That's it for us. I hope I'm not here tomorrow. See you See Wednesday. Ya. Move them to Connecticut. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.